I am unashamed. What about you? normal way and so it, it's affectionately you're you're fools but you're laughing all the way to the bank oh, it's, got, it's, it's kind of funny you know because they're like well that's crazy you don't i mean because they, they do stuff that normal <clears throat> stock people don't do it's like if you have a winner you just keep buying it like even when it's high you, do and you still like, well, have your little sheet you had to show me so that here's what i'm doing <laughs> show me that sheet let me just punch i showed him my, my yep. whiteboard yeah this is my stock uh whiteboard what does that mean i don't know can you see this yeah you can see get it, a I shot think. of that yeah yeah so uh, uh, what's that, that your like you, you? what do you call that in the computer world the stock market world that's your what this is my whiteboard whiteboard yeah for my you know stock. like carl rove i checked these these carl are ones with I'm a little whiteboard he writes all this stuff that's Jace, just, yeah. you you are in there i know you're my son because you look <laughs> like me too much <laughs> But I, I'm looking at that. I'm, I'm glad that's. Fit. I'm fixed to get. Me. I don't know where, where the where the gene was that put that in your head, but I don't know, Robertson. I'm fixed to darken up my beard. Look, I was driving down here, and some you know get her done said, "Hey Phil," as I went by, and Mr. I thought, "Boy, mm. that's bad." You know, hey, I looked. Miss K gave me a picture, and there was four of us in the duck blind in 1972. And it was me, Big Al Bowling, Kenneth Greenfield, and Hookin' Bull Thompson, four of us. We were in that blind just leaning over the blind. And I think Gary Stevenson shot that. It was just early stages there. I don't know who shot it. But anyway, I haven't seen a picture of the four guys, that I, the three guys I ran with. Until that yeah, picture, that, but I looked at me and I said, "Well, good night." I look like Jeff. You're the only one that's still alive so, out of that group. So the only one, one standing. Somebody sent us. This was one to, for y'all to sign today. Look at you here. Which I don't. How yeah. many? When do you think that was, Jay? I look about. Boy, I look dazed and confused. <laughs> so does Phil. <laughs> I think I'm probably 25 there. So that that's was 25, 25 years ago. Years ago. That's you yeah. 25 years ago, Dad. I just you had, had just a little bit of just the beginnings of, of a gray in there. Yeah, all you were I can basically, say is I look at these old pictures and I and I keep the same refrain keeps coming to mind. Life has not been kind. <laughs> That's what I always say about when I see the pictures aside. You know, it's so weird. We've done all these things, you know, back when we were duck hunting. The other day, somebody sent me. They listened to the podcast. And that's why I said we needed to come up with a name for these people. But they sent me two books, and I could tell they were – it was an older gentleman because these books were, like, from 1940-something. And uh, I'm the type of guy that I started reading them because I thought – because he said, I think you'll find these helpful. And uh, I was really Im- impressed. What They were basically about what I'm about, which is the point of the Bible being – introducing you to Jesus, to someone you can actually relate to instead of viewing the Bible as a rule book. or and But what's funny is these two writers who were from basically born in the 20s, even though their jargon was, you know, it seemed like it was in that era, it was the same principle that we're hollering about. It, may, it makes you realize that, you know, no yeah. matter what generation you're in. Nothing new under the sun. Yeah, people right. get it. You know, they. I mean, I was like, well, this is good. But what's interesting is 
he he had a card there, and he said, "I'm from Nebraska, and I hunted on the Platte River in the same place you did, where y'all shot the coyote." coyote. Hmm. Well, you remember that? I'd no forgotten video. about that story because, and you remember what happened on that? He, the coyote that, was sneaked up on us. Yeah, because he thought Jeff, because Jeff was our cameraman, which is my younger brother, and so. We, we're real paranoid to the point of psychotic about a cameraman flaring the ducks. So Jep's over there next to a tree. He is the tree. You know, they used to wear those uh, ghillie suits. And, I mean, they're, they're just moving slowly. Well, what I didn't know, what I found out later, the coyotes there in Nebraska, the, the river, the Platte River is below there's kind of an embankment, and we would get on top of it and build a blind. Yep. Of course, we're all in a blind. We're all concealed. Mm-hmm. And they get up there, and they jump down on the ducks. That's their move. Well, we're blowing duck calls. We're all hid. Well, the coyote hears the duck calls. So he's we, thinking they're ducks. But he comes Which up tells you how good your duck call is. He there. thinks he's, our decoys are ducks. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I turn mm-hmm. around and look, because, Jeff, I'm always monitoring in case they move because you don't want to shoot. You know, you want to know where your your safe shooting is. I turn around and look at Jeff, and I see a coyote in the uh, predator position on Jeff, but he's behind. He slipped up on Jeff. I mean, he's literally just a few feet away. And uh, but what cost him his life is when I looked at the coyote, he he reared up. You know, like mo- most wild animals. You know, when they see a human, they take off running. But he gave. He that, stood his ground. He stood his ground and gave a growl. Well, I'm standing there with a shotgun. It didn't end well for him because <laughs> I <laughs> and, uh, don't and, stand your ground against the shotgun. That's not good. Nope. It was literally like you know, remember I, I and I was and then he ran off. I thought, well, did I miss him? But he he didn't run far. He went about ten feet and he was dead. But that really happened. I mean, it was Jelp was just like terrified because jeff don't have a gun yeah and there's a coyote fixed to in stalking him and and, and, and don't I, don't go to a coyote fight with a camera you know it's, well it's right and, and I, he was obviously the more we inspected him it was something wrong he he had some something wrong with him you know but uh he was real poor look i'm sure he had rabies or whatever when you when you started attacking humans i mean that's not normal but uh, so we we took him. We did a a deed for society there, which and I think even in Nebraska, most states, you know, they view coyotes as something that needs to be controlled, yeah, because they they get out of hand. Which is it's not a pleasant thing, but you know, when you're attacked, you 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 know the order of things that God instituted. That's right. You know, you have God, humans, and then you have animals, especially animals that are attacking humans. You take him out. And we did, but anyway, I thought that was interesting because I had forgotten that. He sent me a couple of books, so I appreciate that from Nebraska. They were really, really good. I got to uh, use one of my. I love using movie lines, like in sermons and stuff. I mean, some of our favorite movies, and um, so Lisa's, you know, planning something new, painting on something. So there's this woman here. I don't know if this ever happened to you, Jay. So this woman's here, and they're talking about paint colors, and I just happened to walk by. And so she says, oh, Mr. Allen, do you, do you want to weigh in on this paint color? Which, so I figured out a long time ago, you have to find some way to dissuade this at the beginning of the project or you're in every, they're trying to pull you into everything, whatever it is, furniture, you know, hey, look at this. What do you think? I, 
So this woman, so I but knew if it, you do that, Al, that's going to cause discomfort. It will, unless you do it the right way. So here's how I did it. So you got to use some humor. So I, she said, do, do you want to weigh on this color? I said, have you ever seen the movie The Fugitive? Which stops a person in their tracks because she's asking about paint color, and I, I go ride pivot. Have you ever seen the movie The Fugitive? She was like, uh, uh, yeah, I've seen that movie. So you remember when Dr. Kimball was in the – he's about to jump off into the – you know, off into the dam, yeah. and Tommy Lee Jones, the marshal, stand there, and he's got the gun on him, and, and The Fugitive says, I didn't kill my wife. And Tommy Lee Jones said, I don't care. Yeah. yeah that was a good I said, line. that's how I feel about the paint color. And so they laughed and I just walked away. <laughs> so nobody got upset. It was just like I was able to use a good movie. I don't line. think my wife would like that. <laughs> but she asked me, and then I go the George Costanza, whatever I think it should be, I say <laughs> the opposite. And she goes, Yeah, I like that. So I, that's just the way I function. Because I don't care. I'm with you. Well, my deal is if I ever take the first, if I ever put it, get in the pool, I'm in then. Because Lisa loves to just, but, and I realize well, she's the wanting. The quarantine is causing a lot of that. Is that what it is? Because you're inside. Look, my wife has painted the door. Have oh, you, we're painting the house. We're did painting you notice door. my doors are different color? I, didn't, I, I said, why did you paint the door? She said, I mean, I don't want a red door. I said, well, you painted it the first time red. <laughs> And she was just looking at me bewildered. I thought, now you're upset. like it's a bad thing. And I you want did a red it. door. I was that's, like, that's why what you're what you're uh, pontificating on is it's why there is you know domestic untran not not tranquil. There's domestic violence going upward. The pandemic is that is true. Yeah. So look, so I because you're sitting there, there arguing about what color the door is. When we normally arguing, she just painted. But look, here's where I here's where I had the problem. Well, then three days later, I come through, and everything in my little space where I make the coffee, it's all not there. And I look, there's tape on the walls, and I thought she's painting the walls now. And so I walked in there to the bedroom, and I said. Are you fixed to paint the walls? She said, well, they match the door. <laughs> I said, well, where is this going to stop? She's like, until we get all the red gone. I was like, but at one time so you liked that. So she just moved on from red. I mean, red she used to like, be. Well, I say it's red. It was, what was it, maroon? Or, I don't even know what color that was. Yeah. The seeds of domestic violence. <laughs> <laughs> So get into some Bible, Al. Where are we? John chapter 7. Let's talk Bible, boys. The funny end of that story was I said, well, I guess I'll go clean the gutters. And she's, I was kidding. And she said, well, I was wondering when you were going to get around to it. Yeah, here we go. This is how it happens. This, that's oh, yeah. the raise of domestic. The fruit of the pandemic. <laughs> I'll say this. We're in John 6. Jesus feeds the 5,000. One thing I wanted to say, reflecting on what we did Sunday, which I thought was excellent. When you read something like Jesus feeds the 5,000, you, you tend to lump. You look at all that group, but you know. The way this this kingdom stuff works and Jesus pursuing individuals that become a group of followers, which both they have their, their powerful moments, you, you realize, well, if I was one of the people there, you know, how would that affect me? And what y'all did for Mother's Day is you had a mother, Mindy, who's close to us all, 
you know, she gave her, I guess you would call it a testimony. Kind of a but, mini testimony. Yeah, but, uh, boy, you're talking about what a, what a story. I mean, this girl, she starts off saying her mom was murdered, and then her a dad few, was a few weeks later her dad was convicted, and here she is, and they wind up at our church over this this whole situation. That was my phone. <laughs> and, you know, I remember being – early 20s i guess right in the time of the picture you just showed there yeah. thinking wow i mean this this girl do you remember because we were both yes like well, interns at well because i remember making the decision with missy i was like there's a girl coming to our church now that her dad is on trial for for shooting her her mom and so, and, so she's and losing both parents she's becoming an orphan she's losing both parents and her and our grandparents were there but i was like we need to help this girl and we we just made a decision. I said, and Missy was like, "What are we going to do?" I said, "Just be a. We just need to be a friend." And uh, and so we did. And she was about I, sixteen. I, I used to go to her games, and you know, she just. I don't know. She she, it, she became a special person to me. And look, she made many bad decisions, and she shared that. Mm-hmm. But boy. You know, she the whole time she shared that about being a part of the body and about keep surrendering to Jesus despite what had happened. And she got down to the end, and she's like, you know, because now it's been how many years, Al? Oh, man, 25. 25 years. She's like, you know, people ask me would I like to have a you know cup of coffee with my mom. She's like, yes, I think about that every day. But she said, would I take? back anything that happened that turned me into the person i am today and she went absolutely not i mean when she said that i was like are you kidding me yeah it's powerful and so i think when you view something like this and you realize that jesus is doing all these things when at some point you've got to apply it to you individually and, and realize i mean jesus turns people's lives into powerful forces that influence the globe. And you, I mean, that one little, what was that, three minutes she shared that? And it was like very articulate, very just Well, now she speaks and speaks in women's prisons. And I mean, like, because she's amazing. Just powerful. And just like, it was like, I love this woman. But, you know, I thought back to that Jesus moment she had despite her whole world crashing down. I was like, this, this is what this is about. So, yeah, hang yeah. on, Dad. Let's take a quick break and then give us your thought. So nobody likes losing their hair. Um, it's a problem for some guys, especially male pattern baldness is what they call it. It's a I genetic. Could, get over it. could you get over it? Nine leaves. I'll get over it. <laughs> well, when you're 74, maybe you don't worry about it. I as figure much. take a couple of days, you know. I'm right. <laughs> yeah, you're happily married, also. I think in the dating world, this stuff would be just. Well, like think gold. about it, if you're 25 years old, though, Dad. Back in the day, when you had the big mane of hair, that's too far back to bring up. <laughs> so, for all of you young guys out there that want to hold on to your hair, it's probably important to you. Uh, we got a great company, Keeps, uh, that uh, has. Two FDA-approved hair loss products. You go to their website. You get an online consultation. They'll answer your questions. They evaluate everything. Uh, it's a great opportunity to get to find out what they can do for you. They're going to ship it straight to your house. So it's keeps.com slash door. So if you go to keeps.com slash door, you get half off your first order, which is awesome because you heard it here first. So half off 
Check it out, keeps.com slash door. One thing in John 6 and John 7, I think we need to keep at the forefront. When Jesus was talking about being the bread of life, he said our forefathers ate manna and died. Jesus is talking, John 6, about verse 38. Our forefathers ate manna and died, but he who feeds on this bread will live forever. Now, we've got a, a person making statements like that. You feed on me, you'll live forever. And if you go to John 7, right there at the beginning, Al, it said the Jews, John 7, verse 1, staying away from Judea, <clears throat> Jesus was staying away from it. You say, why? Because the Jews were waiting to take his life. So he's under the threat of being physically killed, which eventually he was. But another th- comes up in John 7. It said, uh, has not Moses given you the law, yet not one of you keeps the law? Why are you trying to kill me? So when when Jesus is doing all these things in the book of John, it begins in the beginning was the Word. He was with God. He was God. Through him all things were created. So you got that person who is under a constant threat of death. The entire time he's talking to all these lessons and telling them the way they ought to be and, and what what life is all about and <clears throat> the immortality, he's the one that said, they're going to kill me. Three days I'll be raised from the dead. He kept telling them that. When I'm lifted up, you know, mm-hmm. that's further on into John. I'm lifted right. up. I bring all men to myself. So we don't need to forget that during all of these little uh, sections of John or anywhere else you want to read, in the Gospels, he was always under the threat of death, right. which is why it came. But he's trying to get all the information. That's why I think interesting text, in the fullness of time, Galatians 4, 4, or when the time had fully come, the individual Jesus, why is it that the world, the world, they all base time on the arrival of Jesus Christ. No matter what you want to say, atheist and all, everything back before he showed up, they still say in B.C., and they say, well, B.C.E., but you say, but he is the epicenter of time? You're like, everything after him, A.D. Well, that's something they, they're constantly trying to change. They're trying yeah. to change it, but, but, but they can't get around it. <laughs> it's still there, isn't it? <laughs> so if you look at it, you say, man, when the time had fully come, Galatians 4 says, God sent his son, that's John 1.1, 1, 1. born of a woman, that's John 1.14, born under law, the law of Moses was still going on when he showed up, to redeem those under law, which was a gigantic uh, 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 proposal that we might receive the full rights of sons, and then he talks about the spirit being given. He, he does say, bring that up a lot. So, so about, in the context of all of it, just remember, he was there to show them that they weren't good enough to keep the law of Moses. He had provided a way. He's full of grace and truth. There's a different different agenda here, but you just look at the pressure one person 
was up on him. You just think about it, Al. I mean, but he always, uh, even that one you referenced in John seven four, they told him they said, "No one who wants to be become a public figure acts in secret." You know, they were kind of rebuking him, saying, "I mean, if you want to be some kind of public figure, you." We got to go to the masses, you know, do the miracles, do more miracles out. And and Jesus said, well, it's it's not my time yet because he was he was putting the process in motion, which would then become our process. I mean, that's why you think about a, a, a good thought is why did Jesus go through the 33 years on the earth? Why didn't he just show up fully grown? What was the whole deal about the process? Because, By the way, right after because you- really the only way you can relate to your life, and I've said this in many speeches, but actually your life, once you surrender to Jesus, it becomes Jesus's life because he's in you. So what do you do? You live. You try to show how good God is. You try to help people with all these same principles. And then guess what? You die, you're buried, and you're raised. It's the exact same process. It is. Plus, right after you quoted that, they said, since you're doing these things, show yourself to the world. What's your hold up? Not realizing what I mentioned earlier, time itself is predicated on him. Uh, Did he ever show himself to the world? But they're saying, what are you doing running to the hills? You fed 5,000 people, you know, and we want to make you king. You're, You're the man. And he went to the hills. But right after that, he says, even his own brothers did not believe in him. That's his family members. Yeah. They said, I don't know. You know, he's, he's, he's saying some. Yeah, yeah I've used that many times. He's saying some strange things. I don't know. But I'm, even they had their doubts. I mean, in his own family members, you look like that or said, hey, you know, he's our brother. Wanna, we got to go with him. If you no. want a good sermon, you read that John 7, 5, where it says even his own brothers didn't believe. Then you go to Acts 1, 14 and following there. And it says his brothers were there in the room praying. Yep. So you're like, what happened? How did he win them over? How did he win them over? Oh, yeah, there was this thing called the resurrection. Once you see your brother, you know, die, and then three days later you see him living again, you start going into rooms and praying. They all got together then and said, we we were him. (laughs) Well, I love the way that the Bible will tie up loose ends you know that the the verse we talked about in in chapter 6 15 said and we talked about this last time they intended to make him king by force Mm -hmm. which is then when he drew away and it's interesting because jesus is the last king of israel it was always pointed to that he would be the king but not in the way they thought king but spiritual spiritual king from then on there are still People waiting today for the king to show up and he's, whoop everybody. He's already here. I know it. <laughs> they, it's a physical understanding, which is why you have the backdrop of the 5,000 men. They're like, go public. We're going to have an army here. We Look, we have everything We're going to whoop place. them all. This is the eternal kingdom that Daniel referred to in chapter 2 and chapter 7. Here, You've got this power of the gods, and we're going to whoop everybody. But that's why he would withdraw because they didn't really understand that he's going to change people from the inside out. But but that's what I'm saying. So this is a type of a loose end because it's interesting. The very first king of Israel, who was a man named Saul, didn't want to be king. And yet the people 
forced him to be king. He was tall. He that was didn't good. turn out well. It didn't turn out well at all. And it was interesting because their first king, and God, you guess who told them this is not a good idea? God. He knew who the king he wanted it was going to be David, who was in God's mind the first one. But the people are like, no, we want Saul. He's taller than everybody else. Saul was a terrible king. So I love the way that God sort of ties that up. You may have chosen your first king by force, but the last king, which will be me, you're not going to – it's not on your timetable. It's on mine. That's why, you, like you said, he kept slipping out, and he well, wasn't ready to and, do and what he came And what's crazy is they weren't really believing him anyway because you, in your mind, even though they were seeing miracles, you're thinking, ah, this is some kind of trick. you know? Because it wasn't – that's not why God came to try to prove himself to you. He He came down here to show us – what his nature is, which is holiness and goodness, but people tend to think, "Oh, well, if I if I saw a miracle, you know, I'd follow God." Everybody that I've ever heard say that in a Bible study, they they weren't living right because they're they're like, if I could see it, and I'd say, "No, you wouldn't." I'd start behaving then. Yeah, I'd say, "No, you wouldn't." And they're like, "No, I would too." <laughs> no, you wouldn't, because in your mind, you would try to figure out why that didn't really happen. Even because that's what they did, that they, they they were missing the point. If you want to see a you know a true supernatural happening in your life, get the Holy Spirit of God and start changing the way you operate. Because that, that's the power. Any miracle that you ever could see, every fifteen minutes, if Jesus appeared in person to us right now as we're carrying on this conversation, he's here, but you say he's invisible. Well, what if he appeared and said, guys, let me tell you something. Keep up the good work. If he appeared right there, five feet from us, Jesus himself. Six wh- feet. Which he could distancing. do. Six feet, social distancing. He stands up and he says, guys, <laughs> keep it, up yeah. the good work. Tell him about me. And then he went, he's gone. I would look at you and you would look at me and Jace would look at me. I said, did you see that? <laughs> Now, here's the point. Would it change one thing about him coming down, living a perfect life, dying on a cross, being buried? Would it change the resurrection of his body from the ground? You say, no. Well, if your faith's not tied to that, even if he appeared to you every 15 minutes and you say, now, that was a miracle— would it change the fact that you had had to put your faith in him and that he loves you and he died for you, was buried and raised from the dead? Every miracle every 15 minutes, you say, I already believe. But, Phil, the point is, <clears throat> would it change the way you live? Because when That's he correct. said in, in John 7, what we were referring to, he says the world, because he said my time hasn't come yet, in 7-7, seven, seven, the world cannot hate you, but it hates me. Because I testify that what it does is evil. Well, the rub was, and the reason he was saying, well, wait, because that's what he was after. He was into transforming lives. Well, people don't want to do that. Plus, look, you see all I mean? the hey, miracles no, that he performed. Hang on, let's take a quick break. All the miracles that he performed. I mean... He fed 5,000. We're just looking at a couple of them here. He fed 5,000. He walked on water. Okay. <clears throat> You'd think, all right, okay, you got me. That's enough for me. No. <laughs> Didn't change them. You say, well, what about another one? Show me another one. He'd show him another one. Show me another one. He'd show him another one. You say, how come they didn't believe in him? How come they finally dragged him up the hill and put him on a cross? I thought if you saw a miracle, that would do it. 
He was performing miracles in front of him. How come it didn't work? So for the people, fast forward 2,000 years, if I could only, like you said, just see a miracle. They did. Well, how come they didn't say, okay, I'm all in. That did it for me. Because they don't want to change your life. There you go. That's why Jesus went through the process, the whole process, in humility, and then he dies. Because you know what affects your life? When you think about Jesus on a cross dying for the sin that you're contemplating doing, then you're then for the first moment in your life, you don't have to have God whispering your ear, don't do this. He got on a cross, so you'd say, I don't need to do that. Shun evil and embrace good. And and you're like, you talking to me? You said, just shun evil and embrace good. Just be good. That's all he wants. Love your neighbor. Love him. They're like, well, I mean, they, I mean, there's more to it than that. You say, no. See, that's what people miss about the people he was arguing about, these Pharisees and all. It wasn't so much their their doctrine. It's that that was a cover-up for what was going on in their life, which was a lot of evil, and that's why it threatened them because they had it all worked out. And then all of a sudden, who do you think you are? What What are you trying to say? Well, you're, you're, and then they would even accuse him of being hooked up with demons and well, there's because you got to remember there was a certain group of people that were trying to kill him the whole time the other people were trying to make yeah. him king. That was all going on in real time. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because John seven verse six and seven. The world hates me because I testify that what it does is evil. He said, I'm testifying that what the world does is evil, and and they hate me because of that. So, Jason, yeah. you're on to something when you say it. it That's it, what I'm saying. People, I, I just have had so many discussions with people, and they have religious arguments about the pursuit of miracles. And I always, when that comes up, I always get into their life. I'm like, well, how's your life? Because I know what was behind Jesus' intention. At some point, Jesus is enough. He 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 is he's better than the miracles as I've said many times because he has the capacity to do them. So if you want to see something supernatural in, in happen in your life, because the hardest thing there is in life to do is change something in your life that's terrible, or you know a bad habit or you know whatever whatever it is, it's just hard to change it. I mean, people make New Year's resolutions every year, and guess what? Most of them don't work. By the way, Al, and, and that, that goes to your point as far as who controls the agenda. They told him, they said, you go to the feast. <clears throat> uh, I'm not yet going up to this feast because, for me, the right time has not yet come. Yeah. Having said this, he stayed in Galilee. You say, no, that's that's – you're trying to make the agenda. I'm the one that makes the Every agenda. Every time they would try it, he would he would do that. Every time he was he was setting the stage, and that's the other thing about this the miracle we're talking about about the the fish and the loaves, which we began last time. The question to ask is why did he feed this anywhere from eight to ten thousand people? Once we throw in the women and kids, and it's not because they were just hungry for the one meal that. At the at the surface, that's what it looks like. Oh, they're hungry, and he even threw that out there. You know, hey, we got these people. How are we going to feed them? And the disciples are like, what, what are you talking about? We couldn't even give them a bite of food. He did it to show who he was, because this is when he gets into later the sustenance. He's like, oh, you want bread that'll last? Remember when he when we were talking about the woman at the well, and he did the same thing with her. She, when you get she's all thinking you can eat. water. 
when everybody can get all they want to eat and they're patting their belly, that's right. Said, so let's where, where did he go? It's because guy, let's. This is a guy we want to follow. He's going to oh, feed us every day. But it all led to that free one, grub. It that's all right. led to the one statement in verse thirty-five when he said, "I'm the bread of life." That's right. That Which, everything that happened was for that one reason. That's why he did the miracle. He did the miracle to show who he was. But the sustenance, but they're still not getting it. And we understand that because, like you said, you get hooked on the the, the result. It's like, well, they came back the next day and they were like, and he says, only reason you're back here now is because you want another meal. To I mean, he day, even said it out loud. To, to this day in America, let's face it, boys, there's a lot of people who hate Jesus. They don't want you. They 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 put their hands on their ears almost in this. I mean, well, they are bad. That, now, they you? don't want to change their life. But there's also a lot of people who go to churches only for the blessings. They want blessings. I, right. I've I've had people who I've had bizarre conversations where they'll say, you know, they're not working, they're out of a job, they're like, and and I'm here, I am trying to share Jesus. You've been in these situations, and oh, I'm yeah. like, look. You're in Jesus. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, not working for men, working for the Lord, all the passages in Colossians. And I've had many times people will say, well, I gave, but I haven't got the blessings from that yet. And I'm like, no, wait a minute here. (laughs) So you're giving money so God will then give you more. That that was why you gave? I was like, well, no wonder. You're you're not not getting it. What are you (laughs) – you're taking God's position and make trying to make a deal. I mean, you give because it was His anyway. He He He's made everything. You You give out of, out of the heart. But what's that got to do with you? Because the hardest thing to do is now go to work. Because I know, you know, because they're like, well, if I could just see a sign, like, and get a return from what I gave, and I'm like, I, this is the sign. I'm the sign. Go get a job in the name of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> let's take. Let's That's take. a hard sale in America, man. Let's take a quick break. So I told a story, Jason, my when we preached this last Sunday about talking about prosperity because we were in Psalm one twenty eight. And and the idea, he says, your labor. I, I love that idea that, about work. And, and so I made the point that we were made to work. I mean, the very first guy, he's in the garden to do what? To work it, take care of it. Yeah. And, he's, and he's from the Well, earth. even Jesus kept referring to it in chapter 6. Yeah. He says, I'm working here. I'm working here. And God's been working. So he's always working, and he created us to work. So what's interesting was I made the point just looking back at my own family, looking at mom and dad. So mom and dad, when they were not Christians – and they, you know, were not too far out of college, but they had the most they had ever had, but neither were living for Christ. But financially, had the most money you ever had, running a bar, a lot of money, cash, changing hands. And so you had a little stockpile of cash, but the prosperity was not felt at all because the life was terrible. I mean, there was no exactly there was no joy from that. So I was making the point that you can't – Jesus said that your life is not the abundance of your possession. Right after that, you both came to Christ. We moved down here on the river. Y'all had the least you'd ever had, probably going back to college. And yet you ground zero. And yet you were at peace. 
we had prosperity and wealth and relationships. We had people coming to Christ. We had a family that was finally whole again. So the point is, if you only put it into the amass of your bank account, what's in your driveway, whatever, the check you get from the government, if it's all based on that, you've missed the whole point of what true prosperity in life yeah, is all about. I mean, yep. he's literally making bread out of bread. Yeah. He's literally making more fish out of and and think of what he was trying to get them to see all the things that happened in the Old Testament, which they I'm sure they were familiar with those stories of all uh you know what was the one that the ravens was yeah that was bring? Elijah uh, first King seventeen yeah what 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 did he he was what was he bringing them uh, so he here's what everybody so there was a there was a you know God just turned off the spigot no rain because he's trying to make a point to to Ahab and Jezebel. But so Elijah is the prophet, and he basically goes and says, all right, we're fixing to go into a drought. They didn't know it was only going to be three years, but we'll let you know when we get some rain. Well, all of a sudden, you know, that brings on all these problems. So Elijah, they were going to kill him. So he goes and hides out in a little cave, and God has a raven, or several ravens, I guess, bringing him a hunk of meat and a hunk of bread twice a day. You know, which so you I guess, say, why is that story in that? Because if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you work hard, you realize that you we're here to represent other people. God will provide. Yeah, if it's a raven, no doubt dropping you a steak and shake, <laughs> <laughs> steak and bake. I mean, I always look, because as an outdoors person, when I see a story like that, because you know, we don't like we call them crows. I don't like crows, but <laughs> they're loud they're, and well, annoying. They're, they're predators, you know. Yeah. But I thought, you know, if God can get a dumb crow <laughs> to bring me a steak <laughs> and a roll, <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty stinking awesome. But look, let, let me add it to that. So here's another thing that happens right after that. So everybody's in a drought. So Elijah comes up on this woman. She's a widow woman, and she and her son, and he, she's like. You know, he's like, I'm hungry. Can you fix me something? And she says, well, you know, me and my son are fixing to die. We got one meal. I got just enough flour and oil left for one cake, and we're going to eat that, and then we're going to die. I mean, because we're going to starve to death. This is a sad story. Where so, was that at? This is in First uh, Kings 17. So uh, it's amazing because uh, – no, I'm, I'm, in, uh, I'm, I'm in the wrong – Second Kings 4. Uh, yeah, I'm following. I, I can't. I remember these stories once you. So anyway, anyway. So, she, but I love the story because he's like, okay, so fix me that. Just, you know, your last meal. He's, he tells. He's like, I, I thought about the faith of this woman. He said, fix me that, and, and I'll eat that. And then going forward until this is over, until we get rain, every day you go in there, you'll have oil and flour. Don't worry about it. It'll just show up. So this woman goes in there, makes her last meal. She prepares it for the prophet. He eats it. And then until the drought ends, three years later, every time she goes in there, that oil level that she poured out for the day before is back up to the mark again. But and then the she also, up. in the Second Corinthians 4, it says she, uh, she filled up all the jars there and sold the jars yeah, that's two different stories. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, I mean, where are you at? If I was in the right place at First Kings seventeen, and then Second Corinthians four is about the Second Kings four. Yeah, Second Kings four. This, yeah, a different. Problem. And then after that, you had the uh, how do you say that Shunammite Shunammite son? Yep. And that's Elijah, who it was all over. It says uh, in verse eight, it was a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. She was just being hospitable. So he stays, 
And so he's impressed that, I guess, because the well-to-do woman was was hospitable, which is probably an unusual thing in our world, right. you know. And so he's he's like, "What can I do for this woman?" Because he he here's a man of God that's wanting to do anything, and she's like, well, "I don't need anything." Well, he asked the guy who was there, and he says, "Well, she has no son, and her husband is old," which is kind of humorous as far as the husband being old. Well, Elijah said, "Well, call her." So he called her, and she stood in the doorway. Doorway, and about this time next year, Elijah said, "You will." hold a son in your arms. So he wanted to do that for it, just for being hospitable. And because shit. that was her future, days. In that <clears throat> culture, if you didn't have a son, you he, you had nobody to take care of you. I mean, women couldn't, they weren't working. They, so if your husband died and you didn't have a son, you'd starve to death. That's why the, you see widows are in such need. That was the So factor. she said, no, because don't mislead me. She said, uh, because she didn't want expectations. She was just like, don't, I, you know. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. And, but he did it. Next year, you know, I, I don't know if it was – I mean, this was the before the age of Viagra, you know, and all that. The Lord just moved in and said, here we go. And, <laughs> Something stirred the guy. Well, I know. Hang so, on, Jay. Let's take a break and then you please. So the child grew, and one day he went out to his father. I mean, this story is so interesting. And he, he says, my head, my head. So he had some kind of head injury, and he dies. Well, she takes his body and goes and finds Elijah and says, Hey, I told you not to raise my expectations. You gave me a son, and now he's dead. And so, well, Elijah, he makes a statement here. He says, uh, the Lord has hidden from me what this all means. But And she stayed around there. Which is funny. He said, I'm as surprised as you yeah, are. Yeah, I'm like, I didn't have a part in this. I, I don't, don't know, know what, what he... the Lord is doing here. <laughs> so anyway, and he said, well, go back and lay this staff on his head, and we'll try that because he prayed. And she's like, no, I, I'm not going anywhere till you go with me. So he eventually goes back. And what's so strange about this story, I mean, read it. it, it it's like better than any kind of a fiction novel. But he goes up, now here's a dead, and he's prayed to God, here's a dead boy, that he's caused all this. Because he brought, the whole thing started from just being hospitable. And now we got a <laughs> dead this, kid. It, was a, it started out as a thank you gift, yeah. and now we've gotten into all this. And so he gets on top of the kid, it says, like, face to face. It's kind of like you're thinking, this is where the idea of uh, mouth-to-mouth resuscitation so. began. So he, he tries this, and he prays to God. Well, nothing happens. That didn't work. See, so he, he does it again. Well, then the kid comes to life. And so we're, we're back going again. <laughs> you know? But I read that thinking, what was the whole point of it? And the point is, the, the it's the same principle. The Lord will provide. Yeah. You're going to win. Because I'm sure the kid grew up, and one day he actually did die. Sure. But if you believe and know that God is in control. These things that we view are problems are not problems. Then the next story was one I've heard you comment on, which was death in the pot. They, it's yeah. just one story after another of taking created things right. or, or taking things that we take for granted, and then the Lord, like, miraculously doing things. You, you, you yeah, remember? They well, said there's death in this pot. Yeah. Meaning this is bad stew here. <laughs> it's kind of like that thing of biscuits you said I threw out. 
Yeah. I said, no. De- there's it's, death in them biscuits. It's yeah. like the time when the and they blue, kind of reworked the, uh, the recipe and they said, okay, they ate it and it was good. That's what we needed the time we shot the blue wing till because look, oh man, the ducks are are what they eat, and so those blue wing till have a bad habit. Some of them they'll go to sewage ponds. And then they'll come down here to us, and we'll shoot them. And feel, well, I was like, these things stink. And Phil's like, oh, no. You know how you put enough garlic like, in them. Yeah, we'll it'll be there. all right. Yeah. So he cooked them, you know, all day. Well, when I went in there and he's popped the lid, it literally caused a gag reflex. <laughs> I remember it. I, I, I just started gagging. <laughs> and Phil's like, no, no, it'll be all right. Look, Phil took one bite and he went, Gee, there's death that, in that pot. There's death in what we needed at that moment because <laughs> God actually worked and correct the death in the pot, yeah. and they they had a meal. Well, as you go through this out in this in this uh, John seven, you start down through there. Some were saying he's a good man when the crowds come up there widespread. Jesus has slipped in among them; they don't know he's there. Uh, others said he deceives the people, but nobody said anything public about him for fear of the Jews. So he he was the Jews were amazed when he went up to the temple courts and began to teach. They said, "How did this man get so much learning without having studied?" They said, "Now wait a minute, he's got all these answers, these biblical answers." How did he get that smart? Yeah. He didn't go bi- to the in, school in the, of Gamal. No, he didn't know. go to. <laughs> He didn't go to the preaching school to all the seminary. <laughs> so how that. does he know all this stuff? Well, yeah. they've they got him all. But when Jesus started talking to him, guess what? A bunch of them said, "You're demon possessed. Uh, who's trying? Who's trying to kill you?" He told them. He said, uh, "Why are y'all trying to kill me?" <laughs> and they said, "You talking to us?" He said, "Yeah." <laughs> so they said, "You're demon possessed. Who's trying to kill you?" We know. No, we'll just be your friends. Well, as it turned out. It's just interesting that through all these studies, well, what I wanted it came to, down to who is Jesus. That's right. That's what I wanted to look. I read all that. And they in went back and forth, back I mean, and forth. I read all that in Second Kings four because the last story of Second Kings four here was a man. He brought uh, the man of God twenty loaves of barley, bread baked from the first ripe grain, along with some heads of new grain. Give it to the people to eat, Elijah said. And the guy says, well, how can I set this before a hundred men? There's not enough. But Elijah answered, give it to the people to eat, for this is what the Lord says. They will eat and have some left over. Then he set it before them, and they ate and ate and ate and had some left over, according to the word of the Lord. I mean, you're going back how many thousand years? Uh, At least 2,000. And then here comes Jesus, and when he made that statement, I am the bread of life. It was the same principle that he was laying the foundation here. You put your faith and trust in him. It may not be easy. It may may be difficult, but I will provide. Physical food is nothing for me, and not only that, I'll give you food that you'll live forever if you feed on that. Well, and that goes back. Pretty, pretty, and they're all trying to figure out who he is. And that's what you go back to your Hebrews 13.8. Jesus is saying, "Look, I was there then. I was the one providing. I was the the one providing that temporary sustenance. That was me. He was, here here he, I am. Here. He was revealing that I am the Creator. I Look, am, and I'm a it, human. It, this right. is just one man's writing. 
it's, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They all tell the same story. And someone says, well, why would you repeat it with four different people on what he, who he was, mm-hmm. what he said, what he did, what he's now doing, what, what he will do? Doing. You say, if, you, if all four of them wrote the same story, you say, how in the world could they go with this much detail and where he's going, who he talked to, what people are saying? I've there's, it's impossible for him to concoct this story and be this close to all these events from one end to the other. I think he did it so it you would wouldn't be, be so people wouldn't be arguing about what verse seventeen says about you know verses verse chapter three and verse six, That's and it. they're missing the point. Are are you living like Jesus in your That's everyday right. walk of life? I mean, I think that was the point, and somehow or another, just like the miracles, people still missed it. You know, you think a lot about it now, not too much has changed. There's still people saying, well, I think he was a good man. I was, oh, no, that Jesus stuff, I mean, you know, you know, there's some nut out there. Hot. You know, it's the same, same arguments. That's right. So uh, next time we come back and John, we'll, uh, we'll have him walking on some water. If, if he hadn't done enough now with what he's done, he's going to – catch our uh, fancy a little bit better so we'll see you next time so we're so glad you guys were with us today you can subscribe on itunes or spotify or youtube or facebook and be sure and rate us on itunes so that other people can know about the podcast